Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. It is the day after podcast inside Carolina's premium post game day podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, sponsored by Johnny T shirt, Johnny T shirt.com. All right, boys, Saturday morning, still early, still, still early after a late night. Uh, talked to Buck Sanders in the parking lot down in the Bowls lot prior to Carolina NC State game. And I don't know if we discussed it, Buck, but there was a weird, another weird feeling going into this one. Uh, Carolina falls in double overtime to NC State. Buck, your overall take before we get into it. Yeah, um, I'm not really sure I have a take, or at least not a good one. Um, I don't have an explanation for what happened yesterday. I don't have an explanation for what happened against Georgia Tech. Um, it's just different-looking football team than what we're used to seeing the other 10 games. Um, you know, even in the loss to Notre Dame, they look more offensively efficient than they did against either of these last two teams. Uh, I wish I had a real brilliant insight to offer uh, those that are tuning in this morning, but I don't. And I just hope that Mac Brown and his staff does somewhere in that building have some answers to what we've witnessed the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Jason, it felt like virtually the same game of last week. I mean, NC State's better than Georgia Tech. Uh, the defense is clearly better than Georgia Tech, but Looked about the same to me on on Saturday night or Saturday afternoon in Keenan Stadium or Friday yesterday. It's been that kind of week. Hellacious day for North Carolina sports. If you check the other team's score, um, virtually ending at the same time as the football game. But, Jason, just general thoughts before we get into the nuts and bolts. Well, I mean, Buck said it. It didn't look like the same team that, that we've seen for most of the year. It looked like the same team that played against uh, against Georgia Tech. Uh, at least, let's let's back up. Didn't look like the same offense we've seen the rest of the year. Yeah, looked like the same offense we've seen we saw against Georgia Tech. Looked like the same defense we've seen pretty much the whole year. And you know, at a certain point, especially when you start coming into the stretch run of the year. You better be a whole a, a whole football team. You better have you better be able to play defense. And you know this team. Uh, yeah, this team this team has not been what they've needed to be on that side of the football. Now I think you you really need to blame the offense as much as the defense for this loss. But this 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 team has had some some concerns all season. I mean, everybody knew, even when they were winning, when they were running out to nine wins, it's like, man, you know, 
really enjoy being nine and one. I mean, we kept saying it on this on this podcast, like, well, nine and one, eight and one, seven and one. Like, can't really complain too much about continuing to win games, but dang guys, I mean, you got to fix some things or or it's eventually gonna bite you. And the last two games it, it finally bit him. And you know, that's we I, I know. I, I got some flack in the uh, when when the when the coaching changes were made this off season. You'll remember this, Tommy. You asked, you know, will you asked the whole room, will will uh, you know? Do you think do you think this is an upgrade? Do you think this is going to ultimately uh, fix the defense? And my response was a flat no. And I wish I hadn't been right on that, but fact is. We're now we're now full season in, and I think the defense this year was was actually worse than the defense last year, on the whole. So, and that's with more experience and with more uh, more more overall talent up front, but a little bit worse injury luck up front and a little better injury luck in the secondary for the most part. So, though last yesterday you had three guys out in the secondary at one point. So, yeah, I, I just think this was offensive the, the real the real mystery and and I don't know how much of a mystery it really is but the real the real thing is that this was this was the same offense that we saw the last that we've that we saw last week and that we had not seen the rest of the year yeah I mean it, it I, I got nothing <laughs> you know Buck I'm, I'm sort of in the same boat as you um watching it um you know how many times on this show over the last decade or however long we've been doing it have we said we've seen this movie before and for nine games this season or six of them um the movie had a different ending um but here we are talking about the same same old stuff i mean you see nc state and keenan stadium trying to plant a flag in the middle of the field turf i mean that just cannot happen (laughs) um on a variety of levels, that's not going to happen. But, but, but the fact of the matter, and, and this is something I do want to discuss, and especially but as long as we followed it, Carolina looks satisfied that they're in the Coastal Division Championship or they're in the ACC Championship as a Coastal Division champion. And it, and and Max said in the post game, we're still Coastal Division champions. We're still going to play an ACC tournament. Or ACC championship, and I apologize. I'm off this morning. It's been a long week, but but that is a problem because NC State looks at that game as the be all end all. Dave Doran and his staff and those players, and I know some of those players, and they despise and hate North Carolina more than you could ever imagine, more than it is even healthy to do so. And Carolina just doesn't take that approach buck or at least it doesn't look like it now i don't want to disparage everybody because some players made some plays marcus allen looked good at times out there and he hadn't played at all since the first few games first couple games um but but speak to that aspect of it as somebody who's watched this forever it's just a different level of hatred and i think it carries over on the field ultimately yeah and uh as as much as that might be evident at times I'm not sure it's healthy, you know. For, it's definitely not unless I don't you're playing think, football. Even if you're playing football, I'm not sure it's that healthy to to hate your opponent uh, to that extent, to the extent you outlined. 
Um, and to, to your point and to Jason's point, uh, I wanted to follow up on the uh, guys that came in um, after Tony Grimes and Storm Duck. And um, we had one more. Cam Kelly went out. Went out. Um, those guys came in, came in and played well. I thought all of them, um, and which that's a good thing. And it's a head scratcher as well, because those guys could have played, uh, during the year, I suppose. And I don't think they all of a sudden decided that they would be able to play once, uh, the final game of the season came around, but obviously there was some talent there that they could have used maybe throughout the year, but that that's really, um, hindsight. So, um, as far as North Carolina, not hating NC state enough, you know, they, they say that, uh, the team takes on the persona of their head coach and, and I don't remember Mac Brown being as gracious to every opposing coach as, as he's appeared to be this year. I mean, uh, he speaks with high praise of every single coach that he faces. And maybe that's, um, the way you should go about things. Uh, but it's also been well known that he's not NC state's biggest fan. You know, the, when he was in Chapel Hill before and 1.0, he sort of made a point of beating the guys in Raleigh. Um, and last two, two years now, that's not happened at UNC and that can't be making him happy. So, um, you know, that is, is something that maybe I've evolved on over the years is that after this game, uh, instead of thinking about, oh, we lost to NC state, this is horrible. This is awful. I think about what's next for this team. How are they going to fix the things that's wrong? What happened and why? And what are they going to do to make things better in Charlotte or in the bowl game or next year? So, uh, I guess everybody approaches these things differently. And for those that, uh, think Tommy's struggling this morning, uh, we were chatting last night in a group text and it was apparent that, that Tommy was uh, a little bit agitated at the time, uh, <laughs> when we were texting. So. He may be uh, getting over some things this morning. <laughs> this is a professional podcast, but we, we have to put on our professional analyst hats and, and handle this. Uh, Jason, let's talk a little bit about what are they doing. What are they? I mean, I, I think twelve games in, what you see is what you get. I mean, a couple of players can step up, but the defense. Um, let's start there. Let's start with the defense, since that's been a thing. Um, you know, Ryan Finley. I don't know what his stats were on the year coming in. Well, Ben Finley, sorry. <laughs> 27 for 40, 271, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 140.9 rating. Kid looked pretty good. I think there's a lot of people in Raleigh going, why wasn't he playing before now too? But North Carolina's defense could not get any pressure while State's defense put on a clinic of how to drop eight and rush three and get pressure um, and then blitz the house every other play. What do you see from the defense that gives anybody any solace that there's any chance of any improvement going into next weekend or this coming weekend? I, I didn't see anything that, that 
gave me any of that. <laughs> so let me ask you again: any any positives to take away from the performance on the defensive side yesterday? Not Anything. really. Not really. What? Well, uh, You've been listening to the day after podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, in, in all honesty, uh, there weren't a whole lot. Uh, I think the positives were that the couple of the, the guys, the backups, the young guys who are pressed into action at the corner position and, and, and at safety looked, looked pretty good. I mean, I, I thought uh, Marcus Allen in particular played well. Uh, you know, he, he has not regressed yet. At, at the corner position uh, and, and is playing like a talented corner should. And um, yeah. So, I mean, give him time and, and, and we'll see, you know, what the, what the floor is, but right now the ceiling looks, looks pretty good there. I mean, he looked fluid, uh, was able to react to the football and all that. And like I said, I mean, he, he played like a young corner in, in this defense uh, should be expected to play. Uh, I thought that was one real bright spot. Um, I thought, you know, Hardy played pretty well. Uh, you know, Cedric Gray is still, still a player. He played well. But on the whole, I mean, you got some bright spots from from Rucker here and there. You, you know, it's the same defense we've seen all year, and there's not a whole lot positive to take away from that. It's not been a good defense this year for the most part. And when it came down to, you know, uh, push comes to shove and it's time to uh, – uh, what would that South Carolina player say the difference was when he was asked, you know, well, what'd you guys do differently in that, in the second half? Do you, you, you know, did you, uh, did you, you know, change anything schematically to, to, to really stop them to, to change what you did? He was like, no, that's well, a great quote. I'll say it. Yeah. Drop, drop your nuts. That's yeah. it. Yeah. He said our nuts dropped. <laughs> well, I mean, at a certain point on that side of the ball, it really does boil down to that. You got to have guys that actually want to be out there that want to, to, to win every play. And, you know, when you're getting, when you're getting absolutely pushed around on the goal line, I mean, that first goal line play that right there was a harbinger. It's like, well, that's the team we're going to see. And I mean, you had guys that was, it was a, uh, first and goal from the four or whatever and you got guys you know three yards in the in the in the end zone and they started on the four uh guys that ain't good and at the end of the day this this team just has from day one and you know going back some years now has lacked the nastiness the aggression the uh the physicality that you need to have within a program you have to have that in your dna to win to win this kind of game physical teams win rivalry games and you know the thing is i, I say this for a while they did out hit nc state two years ago mm -hmm. you remember we talked about that two years ago they came in and they did out hit nc state when they won that game last year through the first part of that game, they really won the line of scrimmage for the most part. And they out hit him until they made mistakes enough to lose at the end with that. You know, I don't, I don't need to go through the whole stretch of events that led to that, 
but they 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 were physically at least competitive and matched the the physicality of 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 NC State in that game. This game they got pushed around from from minute one, and that that's the problem. And and you know you said it earlier, Tommy. Teams take on the personality of their coach and their coaching staff. And this is where it has to, you got to take a long look in the mirror. And my comments from the beginning of this year about, you know, what would, what, 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 what to expect from this defensive line, they still hold. I haven't changed my opinion on that. I mean, you remember what I said at the beginning of the year that if this defensive line is not significantly better than what we saw last year, well, you got to start making some decisions. You got to start making some evaluations on, What's wrong there? Well, we talk about business decisions on the field. There need to be business decisions in the offices up there. Uh, Buck, I want you to get your take on that. But I, I look at the stats, and, and I mentioned the irrational hate, or maybe it's rational hate, that that other team has from North Carolina. State's leading receiver um, was somebody from Clayton who did not get an offer from Carolina. He goes six for 130 including the long play early and then the touchdown late. Um, I can promise you there's no love lost there, and he played like it. Props to the young man. He's been injured and dinged up, um, but he played like it. I'm not giving any credit to NC State. I don't want it. I don't want the Twitter. You know, go to Buck Sanders, at Buck Sanders, for if you need to send me anything. But, Buck, uh, to Jason's point, this defense, and this is what was so confounding to me, Jason, what you talked about. Two years ago, they wore state out physically. A year ago, or two year, three years ago, two years ago in the COVID year, they wore state out physically. 58 minutes last year, they wore state out physically. For 60 minutes this year, it was the complete opposite. My question to you, Buck, your thoughts, your direct thoughts, how does that happen? Yeah, I wish I had a good answer for you, Tommy. The – and, and this is puzzling to me as well. You and I and Jason, we've all seen um, North Carolina get completely gashed in the running game over and over and over last however many years. NC State could not run the ball on UNC. Um, that entire fourth quarter, they got 37 yards total offense. Um, they're not an offensive powerhouse. Their, their offensive line is decent and, but, and North Carolina only got three tackles for loss the entire game while NC state got nine. So there is that they weren't, they weren't tackling guys in the backfield, but NC state could not run the ball very well on North Carolina. They're, they don't have a good offense. So we could start with that. Their offense is not good. Their quarterback has been holding a clipboard for about three years. It, and and he at one point I was watching a game and it, we were like in the second quarter or so over wherever, and he had a passer efficiency rating of two hundred six point two. I mean, and he at that point I think he was something like twelve or fourteen, uh, twelve completions, fourteen attempts, something like that. This defense is as is not taking away what the other team does well. 
what the other team does well, they do against North Carolina. North Carolina State doesn't run the ball well, hadn't all year. And it shouldn't be too shocking they didn't run the ball well against uh, UNC. But what offense they have had has come through Devin Leary and, you know, guys, MJ Morris, kids throwing the ball. And and they did that pretty much, um, I won't say it will, but they, they were efficient. They were efficient in the throwing the ball. How you get better from here, uh, and, and at this point, we're talking about 2023 getting better because there's no getting better really in 2022. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm as curious as everybody else. This is a mystery to me. I don't understand how a team with as much talent as North Carolina has um, is incapable of making another team, any team, left-handed. In no team they've faced this year have they been able to make them left-handed, take away take away what they do best, and and teams that you know uh, have a real stock trophy case and um, have bags full of bowl swag and so on and so forth, they have a defense that can occasionally do that at least. So that's where I'm at. I'm at on all that. Yeah, looking at Finley, he went from. Two for four to twelve for fourteen early, and then in the second half, um, he completed six straight passes, and then had, I mean he looked good. He did, but Jason, one thing, and, and this, and then I'm gonna move off the defense because sort of is what it is, and we can ram our heads into the wall over and over about it. Is and I think it was fourth and four. Carolina's playing off coverage. Um, they have a a unique ability to make a quarterback that has not played meaningful snaps or not many meaningful snaps on the year look extremely comfortable. And it's not just the rush. The rush matters too, but it's the back end. I mean, it's Buck and I talked last week about a system failure. At what point does Mac Brown look at this defensive staff, and this is what people want to talk about, and say, this ain't it, guys. We can't do this. He did it to Torbush in what? After the Texas Sun Bowl game in 94-ish? Uh, but but I have no doubt that any quarterback in the country can complete passes against off coverage with no rush. And yet nothing changed the entire – they did blitz a little bit more, got cooked against Georgia Tech because, they, you know, that running back can catch too. But NC State didn't do any of that. What did you see at all – adjustments by the North Carolina defense? Well, there weren't a whole lot of adjustments, I don't think. Um, I mean, that's just kind of been the, the MO for most of the year. But, I mean, you know how Athlon every year does that whole, like, you know, anonymous coaches talk about their competition and then they post, you know, quotes or whatever? I'm going to give you what, what you're going to hear about North Carolina for, for next year. So this this is going to be what what's going to be said you know by Athlon. Oh, it's going to be they look great coming off the bus, but they just aren't real physical. You know, wondering what's going on in Chapel Hill in this respect, and definitely the easiest team we had to prepare for against uh, you know defensively. And that, by the way, that's the buzz around right now. If you wanted to talk to to 
teams that have played against Florida or geez, I'm, I'm in crazy mode right now. If you want to talk about teams that have played, I just finished another, another podcast. Uh, if you want to, uh, if you want to talk about teams that have played against Gene Chizik and against this defense, geez, what they keep saying is it's the easiest defense we've had to prepare for all year. They don't do anything. And they don't, they don't cause pressure. And like you said, they play off. But what are you going to do? So give you a couple indicate a couple, a couple situations yesterday was at third and one and they didn't change personnel for a third and one. They've got dime personnel on and the backers are six yards back on third and one. Uh, well, there's a freebie. Yep. I mean, even if you don't, even if you don't have the time to change personnel, okay, fine. But really, That's... you're just gonna you're just gonna give it up. And you know, defensively, you had multiple times, multiple times, where you're looking at, let's say, second and seven, third and third and four. And you got guys playing eight yards off, all and, the time. And, and then and then you don't have any pass rush to go with it. That's seven on seven. And the worst part about it is that they're playing eight yards off and they're backpedaling. Right? Okay. If you're playing eight, like you can do this. If you're playing eight yards off on a on a third and four, you can do it if you play it flat footed and you're driving on the ball as soon as that as soon as you as you read you know, one step drop from the, from the shotgun. You can do it because then you got to get there right when the ball gets there and you got to, you got to play with physicality, but you can't play eight yards off the ball on third and four and backpedal. It, what I kept saying to myself yesterday, watching this game on defense was, Dang, they give up so much free stuff. Because that's the thing that that uh, <laughs> that that's the thing that that as a, as an offensive coach, as a quarterback coach, I over and over and over again, my one of my mantras was always take you know take the free stuff, take what they're going to give you. If they're going to give that to you, just take it. Nobody went broke taking a profit. <laughs> and Carolina's defense just gives you a profit up front. It's like, well, you know, you can have this. You can have this. You can have this. Here, here's here's a freebie. Next one's free. Here's this one's free. And, you know, I guess you can do that if you're going to really tighten up when you get in the red zone. You know, you're playing red zone roulette and you just don't give up big plays and then you get down in the red zone and you tighten up and they have to kick a field goal or whatever over and over and over again. You can do that. But if that's the case, you better be real physical up front and you better be in a position where once things do tighten up and you get you get to where your safeties are are now involved in the running game and all of that and you're, and you're starting to take things away uh, because you're not afraid of getting beat deep or whatever, you better be real physical when you get down there because the problem – and, and I think there was an article on this on Inside Carolina, what, a week ago, maybe, about the difference between uh, Chiswick 1.0 and, and this version 
this season. Not as good in the red zone. It's all red zone. Yeah. Defensively, the, the numbers are pretty much the same except for the red zone. And the reason for that keeps coming back to the thing that I, I've been harping on <laughs> all season, which is the, the, the lack of physicality, the lack of, of certain fundamentals on the defensive line in terms of consistently doing what you're supposed to do on that and, and just program DNA to play with the physicality that you've got to have. And, and that shows out when it comes down, when, when, when it comes to, to rivalry games and when it comes to, to the important stuff, that's the stuff that, that, that comes out. Yeah. You get exposed there in a hurry. We're going to switch to the offense, but let me read something. Uh, this is Ryan, uh, Ben Finley when he went on his t- uh, 12 consecutive completions in the first half. Short left, short right, short right, short middle, <laughs> short left, short right. One, there's a deep ball through a touchdown pass. Short right. Short middle, short middle, short left, and it's like that throughout his his passing chart. Yeah, I, I just I agree with you. Should change it. They gave up all the free stuff. And no you're black- playing you're playing a young a young quarterback who's never really played before, and you never did anything to disrupt or make him uncomfortable. Yeah, that's the. I mean, it drives me crazy. It's like, well, you know, maybe, maybe this young guy. Maybe this guy who's not been out there and he's playing in a big rivalry game and all that. Maybe, maybe if we just give him the the easy free throws underneath, then you know he'll maybe maybe he'll struggle. Doesn't work that way. Wait, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is a young. Make him make big time throws. Make him uncomfortable and make him make some big time throws, and then if he does it, you tip your cap. But the thing that just is just maddening is just all the free stuff yeah when you hear athletes say the game just came easy well that has a lot to do with the team you're playing against uh let's talk about the offense on the other side because they did not make it easy on drake may and it was fascinating to watch i want to get buck and jason's take but i want to talk about johnny t-shirt look Mm. it is officially christmas season you need to get the johnny t-shirt take care of them and get all the swag you need uh, all the jerseys, all the T-shirts, the sweatshirts this time of year, um, Christmas gifts. You know, they got Christmas tree ornaments. I probably got two or three on my Christmas tree downstairs from Johnny T-shirt. Anything you could possibly need Carolina-related. Um, I'm sure they've got all the women's sports, the national champions, uh, field hockey team. Anything you need, take care of them. They take care of us, the Inside Carolina crowd, and Inside Carolina premium subscribers. You get 20% off your order. Get the code on the message boards. All of y'all in the chat sound like you've been in the Inside Carolina premium message boards. Um, So find that code there and use it. If you're not a premium member, join. If you're on the YouTube chat and you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, um, hit that subscribe button. It's a good time uh, to, to follow Carolina sports. Not a great day on Black Friday. But a ton of insight at Inside Carolina. National guys pay the bills. It's the day after. 
What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a dude average 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing. All right, Buck, coming back to you. I've let you sit over there and stew in your thoughts. Now I'm coming to you. Drake May and the offense. What is happening? Is it strictly the fact that they've ramped up against better defensive combination or better defensive teams, or is there some combination that there's a hiccup going on here, the freshman wall, something's happened since late in the Wake Forest game? I think better defenses have something to do with it. Uh, certainly NC State, and, and everybody has said coming into this week that uh, the NC State defense is legit. Um, I've had a, a question on my mind after uh, contemplating the last couple of weeks. And we've all heard uh, since Mac Brown returned to North Carolina that he wanted a an offense was had air raid principles to it, but also had a power run game component. And, and through the middle part, beginning and middle part of the year, we've heard him talk about, because uh, North Carolina was having their struggles finding a uh, lead dog in the run game, that they needed to be able to run the ball when everybody in the stadium knows you're going to run it. You've got that ex- uh, philosophy, being able to run the ball when everybody knows you're going to run it. And then you have the mirror image of what Jason's talking about and Phil Longo's expressed philosophy, which is take what the defense gives you. So on the one hand, you, you're maybe trying really hard to establish the run game, which they've tried to do with Elijah Green the last three weeks, including Wake Forest, virtually almost no one else got a carry besides Green. And they're trying to run the ball when everybody knows they're going to run it, including the opposing defense. And I don't know, those two ideas are antithetical to each other. Uh, Either you're taking what the defense gives you or you're just trying to play smash mouth football and, and uh, run the ball, even though they know you're going to run it. And I do not know that this is a factor. I, I'm not, I can't say for sure, but sort of the offensive slowdown that North Carolina has experienced has occurred simultaneously with Elijah Green getting boatloads of carries every week. He got 24 carries against NC State. I mean, that's a lot. I, I'm i trying to remember the last time a, a, a UNC running back got that many carries in a single game. It's been a while, I think. So uh, I, just, I just wonder, to me, is, is it possible that, and especially you got a young or, or rebuilt offensive line, it's a little bit easier to allow those players 
to block and pass protect when you are taking what the defense is giving you, that nobody has to think as much when that happens. So it's a question for me in my mind, did the desire, uh, the overwhelming desire to have a power run game that ran the ball whenever you wanted to run it conflict with a sort of freewheeling, um, improvisational Phil Longo attack where that just throws the ball in the grass. So, um, that's my question as to why maybe did this they have something to do with the offense slowing down? I don't know. Jason, one thing we talked about um, in the pregame is your attack stayed on the edges. And I don't have the – it's not quite as simple with the stats and I don't have all that advanced stuff. But I don't remember Carolina running wide too terribly many times. Um, I thought we'd see a ton of swing passes. I thought we'd see a bunch of stretch runs out there. What we did see a lot of, it felt like, was a plenty of up-the-middle runs right into the teeth of NC State's defense. Tell me why I'm right in that belief or wrong in that belief. What did you see strictly in the run game? Um, because Carolina rushed for 118 yards, which is more than NC State gives up on the year. Uh, but what you got? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of meat on that bone. So I, I had the same impression, actually, that, that they needed to run wide more. Uh, but I'm looking at the numbers here in terms of rushing by direction, which, you know, pro football focus does include. Uh, and they they actually ran wide. So if you're looking at wide as outside the, the tackle, uh, so the gaps outside the tackle, they ran wide uh, 19 times. So they did run wide. The, the thing that – so reflecting on that and thinking about how they went about the game, the, the things that really frustrated me on that were that I think they – this is a team that, that, that one, of the, one of the things that, that is good about what Phil Longo does, and this is the you know, general uh, air raid ethos, is they do what they do, and they get really good at running a small set of uh, – of place essentially small set of concepts and i have felt at times in in bigger games that they've sometimes lacked a counter especially in the running game to 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 bring in something a little bit different and not not a counter play they, they run the counter play they run that they run that a lot uh but they've lacked you know a lot of creativity in the running game to get a, a little bit of a to block it a little bit different to you know to do something a little bit different from what the defense has seen all year to to generate some plays some big plays i think that's a factor um so the other thing though is when i look at the i look at the numbers so you're looking at at Offensive line yards. This is, you know, uh, a, a metric in which uh, it's assessing uh, the, the overall success of a of an offensive line in terms of, uh, you know, how many yards per carry are assigned to the offensive line. I mean, that's the that's the aim there uh, as you're trying to do that. It's a it's a rough measurement. But NC State on the night. Only 0.68, 0.68 offensive line yards per carry. North Carolina, 1.44 
offensive line yards per carry. It's not actually terrible. Offensive line actually played okay. But highlight yards per rush opportunity, so this has to do with what the backs do with it, 1.44 yards per carry, which is which is pretty low. And and what what I saw in this game was there wasn't a ton of space that they're running into, so that's true. But they weren't getting hit in the backfield a bunch either. There were a few, but that's going to happen in every game. What I saw was a team that tackled really well. NC State, yeah. yes. NC State tackled really well. And North Carolina lost those one-on-one matchups over and over and over again in, in the open field. You didn't have a guy one-on... And I talked about it in the pregame. You've got to get... If you're going to beat NC State in the running game, you got to get him a little bit on the edge, and then you create one-on-one opportunities for your backs to win in space. To you know, you got to beat that one guy, and all of a sudden you're 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 downhill. Well, they they consistently got tackled by the first guy, and and so that was a that was a part of it. Now I didn't think they schemed well to actually produce some advantageous angles in those one-on-ones, for sure. Uh, and I, I thought, just in general, so it, it's, I, I'm one of the last people, you know this, I'm one of the last people to blame play calling, right? So much so much about what looks like good play calling is really ju- just good ex- execution. But there were some times in this game where I was going, you know, I don't have a whole lot of hair, you know. I cut I cut that that stuff short. But if I'd have had more, I'd have been pulling it out because of uh, what I thought was was kind of a stale plan for what they brought in. Uh, NC State sat on what they like doing best. They bracketed Josh Downs. They, you know, tried to take away some of the things that 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 Carolina does best. That's the thing, and and they made Carolina beat him left handed. Uh, and I never felt like there was a counter from the offense. Uh, and, and, and there were certain things that they kept going to that, that drove me crazy. One of those was against a really good tackling team and against a team that's staying home and that has an extra guy because they're rushing three. They have an extra guy there to handle this sort of thing. Running repeated quarterback draws and quarterback runs to Drake May drove me nuts. Yeah. Because like, they were well, waiting for it. Peyton yeah, Wilson like, was waiting for it. Yeah, it's like, wait, you're you're running that right into the teeth of a defense that's sitting on this because they know by tendency you like to do this. Why are you know you've got this, you've got a stud quarterback throwing the football. Why are you going to take the ball out of his hands by saying, well, there's no pass option, just run it. If you're gonna run it, call a pass play. And then give him the chance to to run when the when the play breaks down, which he did a few times and had success. So, I thought there were times where they they wasted downs, not Josh Downs, but they wasted they wasted uh, opportunities in terms of uh, in terms of of calling some some first down runs. I thought they 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 went to the run too often on first down, especially late in the game. Uh, that was a team that, that NC State did a good job in terms of understanding the tendencies of the offense. And then 
Carolina in a number of these these situations, you're you're looking at first down. That's your biggest advantage down against that defense. And you're going to essentially waste it by running the football or call it a quarterback run in in first down situations where it's neutral and they're they're sitting there for that. Uh the overtime was a good example of that. You know, you're going to line up and first down in the overtime, you have nothing special prepared? Really? You're just going to run the football and expect that it's going to go better than it has the rest of the game? When you've got a again, you've got a stud quarterback that you don't want st- to you don't want to put in those situations. You 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 want to use that first down as an opportunity to attack, which by the way is what NC State did. First play in the overtime, they they went right after Carolina with a with a wrinkle on what they'd been doing all all day. It looked like they were going to throw to the back, and instead they hit the seam on something that you know they'd been kind of setting up all day, and all and, and they, they had something prepared for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I and and of course we can always talk about some of the red zone stuff. I mean, the 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 red zone pitch call that they had, that pitch doesn't work unless you have a belly fake to go with it, because essentially the defense is just already there. They're going to stretch that out. You can't call that pitch without a belly fake, uh, without you know a jet motion to the other side that you know you fake to that and then pitch. There's any number of things you can do, but. That's that's a that's a pitch that you go off of misdirection. You can't just run that as a straight pitch. And you know, Carolina got out physical on the edge and they made a good tackle in the open field. And to me, that was if you really want to boil this game down, it was a general lack of creativity on both sides from Carolina's coordinators, and then one team being much better tackling and uh and playing with physicality in the open field. That's the ball game right there. 100%. The one that was maddening to me was you got second and two on States two, and you toss sweep to the right, short side of the field, and there's nothing there. So you go back to the four, to the lose two yards there, um, or run it wide, and there's nothing there on the on the short side. And those are those are good examples of them running it wide, but those are not good against this defense. That's not the kind of wide run that you want right. to run. Because so there's good running wide against the three three stack, and then there's that, and I, I just because the the benefit of a three three stack is you have extra speed on the defense to be able to chase to the outside, right? That's one of the things you do is you're trying to force teams to run wide with those big guys inside, and then you've got linebackers and an extra defensive back on the field to chase that should be able to tackle in the open field, and it worked. It, it's exactly what happened. If you're going to beat the 3-3 stack, you have to do it with some of the stuff that, you know, I talked about pregame. You have to run, you know, outside zone G where you're pulling that guard and you're getting you're you're mashing down on the uh, on the defensive end and you're pulling the guard to the from the play side, not from the offside, but from the play side. You're pulling the guard there and he basically becomes the offensive tackle. So it's like a pin and pull type situation where you're pulling and now you get that guy who's able to to hit that extra backer. And then your back is going to, is going to have an opportunity for some, some space there. You got to do that. You, you know, they had some success on counter. You do those things to try to get the edge in that area, not by going wide and, and out trying to outrun people to the edge, but by essentially pinning, pinning down further 
and then creating a little bit more space to get some of those one-on-ones uh, on, you know, sort of on that edge in that way. That's the thing that, that I would have liked to have seen more. I didn't see a whole lot of that. And, you know, they just, you've, you've got to be better there. Buck, uh, let's sort of wrap this one up. Um, Saturday mornings about eight forty-five ish or so. Appreciate the God. We got a lot of people in here on a Saturday morning. Uh, I don't really have much else. I mean, Jason nails it there on there. It was just a, a game where one team just out physicaled the other, and then the other had no counter and, and no creativity. Somebody did text me, Jason, and I don't want to talk about Florida State, but said go watch Florida State's run game and see the creativity they have in that to get guys in space and all. And so I flipped it on and watched some of it. And, uh, but Buck, just overall thoughts, Carolina nine and three on the regular season, everybody in the world would have taken that at the start of the season, but certainly doesn't seem that way now. And I'm not sure there's much, much positivity to garner after losing two games. You should have won, you know, sour or not Carolina plays Clemson, on Saturday in the ACC championship game. It seems like they've been talking about that for a month now. So it's here. Your overall thought, but while we get out of here. Yeah. uh, My overall thought is uh, talking about the NC state game and in conjunction with that, the Georgia tech game reminds me of a quote from uh, Harry Truman. Never kick a fresh turd on a hot day. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that's kind of where I'm at with uh, with that. Um, let's see what happens against Clemson. I mean, who knows? Uh, uh, things could change. We'll see. But um, this is the kind of game that you know you just you dread talking about. You dread writing about. You don't even want to think about it. Uh, but yet here we are. So uh, hence the Harry Truman quote. <laughs> Great stuff to end the show. Jason, anything left? Uh, anything? What can Carolina do against Clemson briefly? Um, we'll talk about it more on the game plan later in the week. What can Carolina do to get back on track offensively? Because Clemson's defense is – Yeah, Jason, talk about uh, they targeted Downs 14 times and he caught six passes while you're at it. <laughs> yeah. Forty-three percent of the time, he connected on targets with. Yeah, and I, I think it starts. First thing that they need to do is, is is, and we didn't talk about this. Catching the ball consistently would would help. There's some brutal yeah. drops again. But the last two weeks, that's one of the differences is that that they they they'd caught the football really well, really consistently all year, and then the last couple of weeks, there've been some really bad drops. I mean, one cost him the game against against Georgia Tech. You had a couple in this game that that cost them first downs and other things. So, number one is is I think against Clemson you have to be able to pitch and catch. Uh, you you have to pat you have to throw to set up the run against that defense, and you have to be able to pitch and catch. I don't think you you know you run the quarterback a bunch in terms of designed runs against that defense. Uh, you you come into that game and you say you know what we're probably going to have to throw forty five times to beat this defense. And we're going we're gonna to have to have some counters in there because one thing Clemson does is they absolutely sit on everything you do. So they are very – you know, you've got different defensive approaches. Clemson comes in 
married to your uh, offensive tendencies and attacking those. Like they have your off, like they spend a ton of time on noting your offensive tendencies and calling against your offensive tendencies. So this has to be a tendency breaking game. Carolina hasn't done a whole lot of that this year in terms of breaking tendency. They've just run their offense. You're going to have to break some tendency off of some of the stuff that you do. So you got to self scout. You got to know, okay, what's our tendency here? What's our tendency here? What can we do to break it for, you know, something that might, might hit big. And you got to have five or six of those in this game to really win, to have a chance to win. Uh, beyond that defensively, you're going to have to be able to stop the run and you've got to find a way to get some pressure on DJU. Uyunglele has not played great when he's been under pressure this year. And unfortunately that second part, I, I think is just going to continue. He just is not going to be under a whole lot of pressure in this game. So I think if you're going to win this game, it's going to have to be a shootout. You got to be ready to throw it a bunch against that defense and you got to have some outlets because they're going to bring pressure. Uh, and then you got to, you've got to be prepared because when they're not bringing pressure, the book on, on Carolina's offense now is you either, you better be bringing six or rushing three. <laughs> and if you do that and you take May's legs away, then they can get uncomfortable. So force them to execute, you know, they're going to force force Carolina to execute in the passing game Carolina needs to have some some answers to to be comfortable in that respect, and they, they got a chance. The other thing that's worth checking, worth thinking about, by the way, as we go, the number of one score games that Carolina's played this year. Ridiculous, right? So you're looking at App State. That's one. Georgia Georgia State. That's two. Uh, let's see, Miami. That's three. Duke. That's four. Virginia. That's five. Wake Forest. That's six. Georgia Tech. That's seven. NC State, that's eight. And in the last four, they've won two and lost two. Largest margin of victory in any of the games is four points. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when you play eight one-score games, being, you know, having, having three losses, one of which is not in one of those one-score games, it's, you know, they got, they got blown out by, by Notre Dame. That's actually pretty good. I mean, that's a pretty good percentage. <laughs> you don't expect to win. You know, what, what, what does that make that? You've got two losses out of eight, so you, you don't six expect to win one. six of the eight. Phil one Steele score has eight. a stat that uh, close losses uh, one year equals close wins to next and vice versa because if you have like a net gain of like three close wins – like 76% of the time, you'll have a worse record the following year because you can't expect to be that lucky all the time. Yeah, it's reversion to the mean. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and for them to have, have that many close wins this year is just unbelievable. I mean, well, what they it have is, been playing what it with is, fire it, all year. Yeah, what it is is it's a testament to to how good Drake May has been all year because teams with, with better quarterback play down, you know, when, when – it comes to just to, to crunch time when it comes to that, those moments teams with better quarterback play tend to win. And we saw that last night again. I, I mean, that's the thing you got to give Drake may credit for how, how they finished that game and put it into overtime and all of that. I mean, that's, 
the, the, the last thing, and, and, and I did want to get to this, so sorry I'm stretching out the end mm-hmm. here, but no, the fine. last thing, I wanted to get to this. You notice in the fourth quarter, when they absolutely had to score, it looked different, didn't it? Urgency. Sense of urgency. Well, and it wasn't just urgency. It's how they called it. So when they lined up and they just said, okay, Drake, here's the football. We're going to have to throw it down the field. They marched right down the field and scored with no time left on the clock. Twice. Twice. Right? They scored 14 points in the, in the fourth quarter, averaged 4.8 yards per, uh, per play in the fourth quarter after averaging 3.6 yards per play through the rest of the game. So 4.8, that's a full yard, a full yard, 1.2 yards more per play in the fourth quarter than they had the rest of the game. And if we're going to talk about any adjustments, the adjustment was made in the fourth quarter where they finally just said, you know what? We're just going to, we're going to, hand, we're going to let Drake may be Drake may and attack. They turned up the, and they turned up the tempo. And this gets back to, you know, talking about playing a little slower. They turned up the tempo played with a sense of urgency and let Drake may get into a little bit of a rhythm. And they did not do that the rest of the game. Had they done that, you got to think they might've had a little more success. So yeah, that's, that's something I think you got to think of when you're going into the Clemson game as well is look at what you did different there and see if you can get your, your quarterback a little more comfortable against the defense. that's going to do a lot of the same stuff. You know, the year that they won the uh, national championship at Texas, the theme of that whole year was let Vince Young be Vince Young. <laughs> that yeah. was, I mean, they started with that, that year. I mean, cause the year before they didn't think they did that. Uh, they tried Vince to make Vince Young into something he was not. And then when they won it all, it was let Vince Young be Vince Young worked out pretty yeah. good for him. Yeah. And I think, I think this next game, you got to let Drake may be Drake may you got to not try to protect the defense with a, a little slower tempo or different things offensively. You got to go in expecting like, look, if we're going to win this game. It's got to be a shootout. Let's see if they can score with Drake may at his best. That's what you got to do. Yep. Carolina and Clemson, eight o'clock Saturday, a week from today, Saturday in the ACC championship game in Charlotte. But that's been the day after podcast. Carolina falls to NC state after falling to Georgia tech, very similar games. Very similar outcomes. North Carolina nine and three on the season. It's been a pleasure, boys. I guess we got two more of these. If you count the championship game and the bowl game, hard to believe we've done twelve. That is insane. How time and flies. eight o'clock following the game every week. We've never done that before. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I do not know how I let y'all talk me into it, but I kind of like it. And yeah, you know, we got two. Two hundred and three last night. I know, really well. Um, It'll be interesting to see how we're doing that one after the championship game because I think it's a day trip for me um, to go to Charlotte and back. So, might look like we've been on a bender. We have not. We (laughs) We might have to push that one to the afternoon. (laughs) Buck Sanders, Jason Staples, Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Fellas, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Tommy.